Hello and welcome. The Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast was created because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. You're listening to episode 81. Several dozen of our emerging leaders attended a panel discussion Tuesday on downtown Wichita development. Four experts shared their knowledge about working and living in downtown Wichita and developing the core area. It was a great discussion, and I provide some of the discussion here. First, some notes about the weekly edition. This is a new class of emerging leaders. Year four, our big story this week, introduces you to more than 70 emerging leaders, and we report on the thoughts they've shared in a series of roundtable discussions at the Business Journal. That coverage begins on page six. Also this week, photos from the Best Doctors Awards dinner, page 22. Photos from our sneak peek at the new Cargill building, page 32, also online. And our top 25 list, the area's largest MBA programs. That's on page 24. This week, we spend 10 minutes with Matt Fouts, the assistant director at the Tanganyika Wildlife Park. It's on page 39. Business leads, of course we have them. The latest building permits... New corporations, who owes back taxes, latest real estate deals, new lawsuits. This week, that information starts on page 34. Back in a moment with our discussion on downtown development. Welcome to BizTalk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. We schedule a series of events for our emerging leaders. They attend a mixer, take part in roundtable discussions, and they're invited to attend several panel discussions on a variety of topics. This week, we invited four experts to join us to talk about downtown developments. Our panelists, Intrust Bank Executive Vice President Gary Schmidt, Metropolitan Area Planning Department Planning Manager Scott Knabel, Downtown Wichita Executive Vice President Jason Gregory, and resident artist at the Fish House Artist Collaborative, Elizabeth Stevenson. She was part of the Women in Business class of 2016, and she works and lives downtown. Jason Gregory began our discussion with an update on projects in the downtown area. He says residential is advancing with the opening of River Vista Apartments, the Colorado Derby Lofts, and the Broadway Auto Park. He also mentioned how transformative the Spaghetti Works and Knopfsker Park development is going to be. And he talked about the new ballpark to replace Lawrence Dumont, the riverfront development by the stadium, and the development to be done by the Kansas City developers south of the new Advanced Learning Library. He said Union Station continues to make progress, and of course Cargill's about to move into its new building on Douglas. Them making the decision to stay here, I mean, we're going to talk a lot about talent and why they made that decision but that's going to be transformative for that area south of Old Town. And, and I really see an entire district merging in and around the Cargill headquarters and Union Station. Um, but they've announced plans for the Ice House building, additional uh, commercial and office down there. In Old Town, uh, Dave Burke and partners still at it. Mead Street, one of the last uh, Mead Street Collective, one of the last properties in Old Town to be redeveloped. Second Street, you'll see the, the continued improvements from the, the railroad to, to, to Washington Street will be under construction next spring and summer, and those will be uh, finished. Um, the former fire station, so the, the fire station at uh, Lewis 
and, um, and Topeka will be under construction next year and, and likely open before the end of the year uh, as a shared workspace. And what's being proposed, in fact, I'm going from this meeting to city council uh, the, where the, the Meats Corner uh, coffee shop was located. There's currently a four-story new Class A mixed-use uh, office development being proposed for that, that location. And if approved today, it will, it will be under construction next year and into, into 2020, so you'll, you'll see that uh, emerge. But I think the other thing that we don't, there's, there's several projects that, we, that are being talked about right now, but, and, and something else we can talk in more detail later, but the opportunity zones, um, I think 2019 bodes very well for downtown. Downtown happens to fall within an opportunity zone that was identified by the state of Kansas as part of the 2017 tax plan. And there's a lot of money sitting on the sideline right now that we feel can and will be invested in our downtown district. And so there's projects that aren't even announced that are, that are um, pretty substantial and transformative in nature that I look at um, 2019, 2020, um, seeing some significant, significant progress. So a lot of things are, are slated to happen. And sometimes, um, you know, you read about those in the paper one off, but you don't really see the collective. You know, if you just think about Douglas Avenue, we, we've seen almost $600 million in the last five, seven years invested on Douglas alone. And so uh, it's, it's substantial and it's, it's, it's changing. Well, the first question I asked the panel, what is your vision for downtown Wichita? Elizabeth Stevenson went first. We're doing a ton of amazing things, obviously, especially on Douglas and, and the streets around. But I, I feel like as, you know, coming from the arts sector, I am always interested in uh, sort of the, the creative development, the things, the vernacular development, things that happen because people want them to or because people sort of create the environments that they wish to live in. And I think in order to sustain these types of, uh, I guess, micro development blocks, I think you do need specific amenities like a grocery store or a liquor store or or and a liquor store and uh, I mean just even a CVS or something where because I realized the other day I had I'm getting a rash on my eye because my mascara is old and I just didn't have time to go buy more mascara. How many times have I said that? Well, it's a, it's a thing, dude. Trust me. So I I mean if I could have just jumped on my bike and run down to like you know where Quick Trip is or something to grab new mascara that would have been a thing. But I had to put it on again this morning because I don't didn't have time to go down. I didn't have time to bike all the way up to like 13th or wherever the closest one is. So I feel like in order to to encourage people like, you know, me and my friends and people who come to Wichita, not just specifically to find a job, but because they're coming here to live in a place that they think is interesting, I think you need just conventional amenities downtown to start and then see see what that builds from there. Next, Scott Knable. The vision I have of downtown is is an urban place that is walkable. Uh, really, our downtown, despite all of its successes, uh, every single project that we that we work with, uh, the uh, people that develop it are have a suburban mindset as to their development. They want front door parking for all of their customers, all of their employees, uh, and you're just not going to create a dense urban walkable environment if you build projects in that way. Uh, the projects themselves really have to. 
uh, have a, a parking strategy behind them where different uses that use different, uh, have different hours use the same parking spaces so that you're doubling up on your investment. And that's particularly important because uh, structured parking uh, doesn't work economically uh, in this market. And so you as taxpayers are subsidizing that. So you need to get the best value out of those investments that you can have those parking assets utilized at least 16, if not 24 hours a day. And then focusing on the investments in our streets. Uh, we've done a, a pretty good job of uh, improving the streetscape, if you will, uh, along Douglas with planters, lighting, uh, public art, uh, sidewalk extensions to make it easier to cross the street. Uh, we did similar project to St. Francis, but there's a lot of other streets that are still uh, are not a inviting walking environment. And so we, we still have a situation where People drive to downtown uh, and uh, go to their office, and then they may decide to go to lunch. Lunch may only be three or four blocks away. Instead of walking, they drive, which means we have to have parking spaces at both places uh, for, to make that happen. And if that's our continued mindset, our vision for our downtown, we're never going to realize our full potential, I don't think. Interests Gary Schmidt went next. I think the key to me is active and vibrant. And uh, we just came back. The chamber had the city-to-city -city trip, which I'd encourage any of you, if you have the opportunity to do that sometime. We went to Boise, Idaho. And Boise's downtown area is probably a third of our downtown area. That's one of our challenges. We just have a, a large downtown area. Uh, Boise's about a third. They really concentrated their efforts, and they have no parking lots, surface parking lots, that I could find in the downtown core. They've got three or four parking garages that the city's logically placed at the right location, and that's where people park. And other than that, there's, oh gosh, there's probably 20 to 100 people walking at any one time. And like I said, it's every lot is full with a building, and there was national tenants, local tenants, regional tenants. There was something to look at every step you went through. So I think that's the key is you, you got to have something to look at a lot of it is the art that we've done along the streets. There's been a lot of discussion about that, how wonderful that is. But a lot of it is people, too. So Boise has 23,000 students within a mile of downtown Boise that occupy most of that downtown. That's one thing we don't have is that number of students located in the downtown area. So that's what I'm looking for is something that's active and vibrant. I think the city's done a great job. Scott talked about the streets. It's, it's amazing how you don't think about how streets activate an area. But go walk down St. Francis Street and think five years ago, that was really, I mean, a dead end zone. I mean, there was nothing going on down there. So a lot of little things we can do that will really spur this opportunity. I asked the panelists about the future of Century 2. Some in the community say tear it down. Some say preserve the structure that is important to the Wichita skyline. Schmidt says Wichita tore down the forum and built Century 2 in its place. This community has to look to the future. Gregory said whatever's done has to put Wichita at a competitive advantage to other communities. Wichita, he says, has to be aspirational and do what's right for the community. Stevenson is an architect, and she disagreed. Old buildings are torn down and they can't be replaced. Technology has changed, and we can't get those historic buildings back. She favors adaptive reuse. Knable says Wichita should build a building that in 50 years people will be fighting to keep. 
Downtown safety was another topic. There is a perception that downtown is at times unsafe, crime, the homeless. Gregory says crime may not be worse than 10 years ago, but more people are downtown to see it. Schmidt says there are services for the homeless, but they're all downtown. And there has to be a focus on providing more mental health services, Canable agreed. One of our emerging leaders asked where our panelists got their inspiration to be leaders. Canable answered first. I had the privilege of uh, uh, kind of transitioning some of our planning staff and hiring some, some young uh, professionals to Wichita for planning. And the very first thing I ever tell anybody that comes to work for us is that planning is about people. And that's where my inspiration is, is to make this a better place for the people who live here. It's as simple as that. Gregory says one can get inspiration from just about anywhere. Like Gary mentioned, every year there's a group of leaders that go on a city-to-city trip, and we, we visit a city, and, of course, they show us all the great things. Um, what they sometimes don't tell us is all the struggles, all the challenges um, that they have um, in every city has both positive and negatives. I think there are always lessons learned that you hope to bring back. And so, I mean, there are some really great turnaround stories that you can see. I mean, you can go just a few miles south of Oklahoma City, to see what they did. I mean, it's, it is inspirational, but I think you have to be really careful to say that we're not going to copy what they did. You know, in, in every conversation, in every vein, you have to say Wichita has to remain distinctive. I mean, distinctively Wichita. And so even though we may garner ideas from them, you know, we need to develop it, quote, the Wichita way. Um, it needs to be our own. Um, and I think if you approach from a design standpoint, if you approach it that way, it's gonna—it's it, obviously going to be more successful. I mean, I've been a part of the, the Nasker Park planning. Just to give you a for instance, you know, we've, we've got a, a nationally renowned, maybe a, a star architect on, on that project. And then they've done parks all over the world, uh, particularly New York City, whatever. And there are design elements, though, that are applicable everywhere. You know, in, in like what Scott said, it comes down to people, how people use space, how people interact with space. But if you take into account the environment that that park sits, there are some pretty specific things from a circulation standpoint to how the edges are going to be treated. And so those are the conversations that we had specific to that park. It wasn't say that, well, we're going to go take that stage and make and plunk it down in, in this park or we're going to we're going to do that. It it was what is the architectural type what are the building materials that are around this park that are going to be special and unique that when people come here they're going to say oh i've never seen anything like this and so um i don't know that we've always approached things that way but i like to think that going forward and again having a plan in place that really talks about architectural methods or strategies or design standards um is what's guiding guiding us and i think it helps us make uh, better decisions or in more informed decisions. Stevenson says her community of artists try to build the community they want to live and work in. And this is something that impressed me when I came like Canadians are very risk averse. Like we don't do anything if it costs money, if it's scary, if it's a big deal, if you th- if we think our parents would be like, oh, what are you doing with that? So I, you know, and I was raised Scottish, so that makes it 14 times worse. So coming to America was just this extraordinary revelation to me. I mean, my colleagues basically at Fish House, they're a bunch of just dumbass boys who bought this building when they were like 22, had no money, no idea what they were doing. They just wanted to have a warehouse where they could 
work and and they they all had architecture degrees too but they decided to go into fine art so they felt confident that they could make it into a livable environment but that's basically all they had as a business plan they just wanted a cheap place to stay where you know the city didn't quite know they were staying there we i knew, think we knew they were there well <laughs> many of their developments were not specifically to code shall we say although i i mean nobody died so i think it probably turned out well in the long run but i mean it like they basically had an idea and they made it happen and that was way out of my world view as this little scottish canadian scared of everything girl so I was very inspired by that. And that's something, I think that's one of the reasons that I have stayed in Wichita is because I saw immediately the potential to create an environment that I wanted to live in, which is, you know, also in big cities, it already exists. You know, like in Montreal, if I want to go to see some type of art show, there's undoubtedly a gallery somewhere in Montreal that's showing the work that I want to see. Whereas Wichita, not so much. I mean, 20 years ago, definitely not. And now, I mean, it's, uh, things have developed to the point where, pretty frankly, like I can do whatever I want any night of the week, but there's always some new fun project. There's always, you know, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll think, oh my God, we need an architecture museum here or something. And it's just, it's a, a tight enough community in a small enough town that I can talk to the city manager, run over to their place and start figuring out how to make this thing happen. And architecture museum may not happen, that's kind of a long shot. But I mean, there, like, there are 12 different projects I've worked on over the years that just came to me in a flash and you just start networking and talking and, and eventually it happens. And that is just the most extraordinary thing. And Wichita is definitely a town you can do that in. And Schmidt says he thinks people are inspired by their passion. I mean, I, I just spent the last two minutes listening to Elizabeth and I know what her passion is. I mean, it's something that's exciting. It's new. It's, it's, yeah, we didn't really know what we were doing or these guys didn't know what they were doing, but that was their passion. So I was involved in, in children issues for almost 18 years with the Wichita Children's Home, Rainbows United. And then I got into the economic development side because I felt like my passion was to make a better place for children. And it starts with economic development. The parents have to have jobs before we can move forward. And a lot of those jobs are dependent upon the environment you have, the quality of life, and what your community is. And that's why I got so passionately involved in downtown Wichita and Greater Wichita Partnership. So I would encourage each one of you to sit down and say, what is my passion? I mean, this isn't my job. What's my passion? What if I really, if I, if I had all the money in the world, what would I do in my spare time to make a better community for other people for who I, you know, feel like I, I, I owe something to, or I just want to do a better place. I, I really, after I looked at all these questions, I, I really wanted to come down here and ask questions of all of you. You know, what do you as emerging leaders want for downtown? Uh, how do you see us getting there? And then how are you going to do this? Because I really think the passion is not with us four, it's with you 40 or how many it's out there because uh, you're the ones that are really going to make the difference. And don't say, hey, I'm only 35 years old. I can't do that. I'm busy raising my kids and working my job. Yeah, you can, you can do that and you can do anything else you want. So uh, I'll throw it back on you guys. Where, where do you start? 
The panel was asked what project they thought was the biggest game changer for Wichita. Several made the point that it's not just one project, but the power of many projects together. And that includes the exciting work that is coming to activate the river. Stevenson says she's never seen an art scene like Wichita's, and she's lived in several big cities. An emerging leader asked about a Wichita casino. They agreed that ship has probably sailed. What about the Northwest Highway Loop? Well, doubtful. And it wouldn't attract the development that the Northeast Bypass has. The panel urged the emerging leaders to get involved in the future of the city. Wichita's looking for great ideas, they said, and emerging leaders can provide the inspiration and the will to get things done. Take advantage of the opportunity. Back in a moment. Most bankers are good at banking talk. What you need is a banker who knows how to talk business. Your business, that is. I'm Andrew Cheney, commercial lender here at Equity Bank. If you've got plans to grow, we're ready to talk about your business. Visit equitybank.com. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 81. Our thanks again to the panelists who agreed to spend some time with our emerging leaders. Check out all our episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter. And thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.